0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 198 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. The Jordan 198 was the car with which the Jordan Formula One team used to compete in the 1998 Formula One season. It was driven by 1996 world champion Damon Hill, who had moved from Arrows, and Ralph Schumacher, who was in his second season with the team. Hopefully after this show, you'll be improving as fast as a Formula One car. But we must talk about safety first. So for Throwback Thursday, we're going to discuss staying alive. In the questions, we'll talk about the position of your bat for blocking, the difficult skill of returning serve when people could still hide the ball, disguising spin and hitting the ball down the line. I'm Jeff Plump and as always super coach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions welcome Alois morning Jeffrey and uh yes the, the, the
1: interesting fact 198 there you go would who amazing. would have
0: thought
1: who would have thought exactly
0: <laughs> yes
1: well um what happened on this day in history Alois Oh, big one big one Jeff 1991 Hulk Hogan defeated The Undertaker to become the fourth WWF world champion.
0: That, Cap- is, that is huge. It doesn't get any bigger than that.
1: Exactly. Exactly. You know how much of a big uh, wrestling fan I am?
0: <laughs> Indeed. I don't think he really is. Anyway. Um...
1: Brocky, you, you've got to be impressed, right?
0: You've got to be impressed. I think he will be, yes. All right, now, Alois, yesterday's Pink Skills question of the day was who is is the top 10 greatest table tennis players of all time?
1: Yeah, and uh, we had quite a few uh, responses. So um, we had Fabio said, uh, he jumped on pretty quickly and said, Waldner number one, Wang Li Chin number two, and Ma Long number three. Um, he said, very hard question, though. So many other amazing players one could mention. Um, so, yeah, very true. Um, so, Waldner got lots of mentions. Ma Long got some mentions. Wang Lee Chin got a lot of mentions. Um, Eugene said, Wang Lee Chin number one, Ma Lin number two, and Waldner number three. Um, so, uh, Thomas Slav said Shurebeck number one, Primorak number two and Walden number three. Yes, may uh, maybe a little bit of bias there by the sounds of things, Thomas Slav um, and Tim Barton said Forrest Gump number one, Bruce Lee number two and Jesus Christ number three. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, imagine they're pretty impressive table tennis players. I bet, yeah. Now, which, which brings me to the point. Yeah, so, there is a, a video on YouTube of Bruce Lee supposedly playing with uh, nunchucks, which is all just a load of rubbish. Um, oh, so, have a look on, at that.
0: Tell me that it's real for sure. Have,
1: have a have a look at it, and it's just all you know, computer generated I mean, come on, guys, can't
0: believe that stuff. Um, nah, Bruce Lee was amazing, man. We should, it's a shame we just never got him to play against Panda. <laughs> um,
1: we also had uh, an interesting um, response on our blog from Glenn O'Day. So Glenn does um, a really interesting newsletter. And if any of you want to get access to that newsletter, uh, maybe just let me know because I'll uh, I'll get him to send you one. So his top 10, really interesting. Number one oh, Ogimura, Ichiro Ogimura, um, for creating the modern style of
0: play. Oh, we're really and having reading. trouble with you Just You've just cut out. Um, okay. I'll, I've probably
1: got too many things open. One moment. Um, yeah, um, so Victor Barna, number two. Um, uh, who was number one? Uh, Mura was number one. Ichiro Ogimura. So he was ITTF president, but also um, a great Japanese player, um, created the modern style of play. Um, Barna, number two, for taking table tennis from a game to an athletic sport, which is, yeah, very true. Then Angelica Rosianu, um, for winning 30 world championship medals and being Romania's women's champion for 21 years. Bergman, Richard Bergman, number four, winning 22 world championship medals. Um, Maria Medniansky um, for an incredible 28 world championship medals, including 18 gold. Number six, he, say, he just says Jan Ove Voldner, obviously. Um, number seven, Deng, Deng Ya Ping for 14 world champion medals, including nine gold and four Olympic gold medals. She was very, very impressive, Deng Ya Ping. Wang Hao at number eight uh, for two Olympic golds in teams, Um, 13 World Championship medals, um, including six gold. Um, And Zhang Zidong, uh, a Chinese player from the 60s, um, well, he says here for exchanging gifts with Glenn Cowan in 1971, which is very true, but also for winning three world titles in a row. And Yvonne Montagu, number 10, Uh, said, not much of a player, but if it wasn't for him, you might be stacking shelves in coals and I'd have nothing to write about. So, uh, yeah, interesting top 10 from Glenn O'Day. You can see that on our blog. And uh, you might go on there and uh, make some comments about his top 10 there as well. So there you go. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Get onto the blog um, and, yeah, have a look at those players and search them up. A lot of history there. So um, if you're interested in the history of the game, take a look at Glenn's post and do a bit of Googling on those players. Yeah, and so Glenn, Glenn's, um, yeah, Glenn, Glenn's
1: a bit of a history buff uh, with table tennis. And he, he, as I said, he writes a really interesting um, newsletter for a local club around here, um, the Melton Table Tennis Club Association. Um, and as I said, if you do want um, to get access to that, maybe you can even put a, a comment on the blog underneath uh, Glenn's comments and he might uh, be able to hook you up indeed
0: excellent all right um so moving on to the ping skillers question for today it is can table tennis become the most popular sport in the world so jump onto our facebook page or to our blog at pingskills.com and let us know if table tennis can become the most popular sport in the world all right, Alois, it is Throwback Thursday, and today we're looking at a video called Staying Alive. Uh, we're not talking about the movie here. What are we talking about?
1: Uh, we, we, we certainly won't be doing the um, the, uh, the dancing. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, staying alive is, is a really important um, concept or um, thing to think about when you're playing a game. So staying alive basically is making sure that you make every effort to stay in the point I see so often players, you know, like the ball might bounce on the net and they sort of, oh, you know, they almost uh, complain about it before the ball's bounced a second time rather than just really throwing themselves at it. Or what we um, often see is the ball, you know, goes really wide and players don't really make an effort to just get their back to it. Uh, I remember one of uh, my coaches when I was young, John Williams, um, pretty eccentric sort of guy, um, pretty eccentric sort of coach. But one of the things that he used to always stress was, doesn't matter how, just th- just get your bat, throw your arm, um, and just try to get a touch on the ball. Um, and you'll be surprised how many times that ball um, goes back on the table and how many times you win the point just by doing that. So what happens is that, you know, by by doing that, firstly, your opponent, thinks oh, I've already won the point and suddenly they've got to play another ball or another uh, another shot. And that can be quite off-putting and that often throws them off their game. And, um, you know, like if you can just get a bat to it, if you can put a little bit of backspin on it, great. If you're uh, de- uh, away from the table defending, just get the ball on the table one more time, stay alive in the point and you'll be really surprised how many of those points you win. And I suppose just following up, on from that as well, those sort of points can often turn a game as well. You know, I mean, if, if you you make one of those points at 6-5 down and suddenly it's 6-all instead of, um, you know, 7-5, it's a big turnaround point and suddenly your opponent starts to get some doubts um, in their own mind. So, you know, really work hard at uh, in the matches at just making sure you get your back to everything. Doesn't matter what, you know, if you've got to dive, if you've got to just throw your throw your arm out, um, just get that ball back on the table. Stay alive. It's very important.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. And we've all played that sort of player who seems to just get that every ball back and it, it does become frustrating. So you wanna be that player, you know. I mean, firstly try and attack, but if you get stuck on the defensive or you get out of position, don't give up. Just be that player that just gets that extra ball back and it will make a big difference to your game. Yeah. Great yeah, advice. I have to
1: say that uh, Jeffrey was one of the best at that too. He was he was a grovler from way back. Just used to uh, get everything back on the table. Very annoying. But <laughs> but you know, uh, I, thank you. I think it, but you know, I'm just going to blast through next time I play him. Just.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Mike D has jumped online and asked a question using the Google Q&A app. So thank you, Mike. He says, the advice you gave me on blocking slow loops has helped. I have another question. I hold the paddle around the 3 o'clock position for the backhand as the ball nears my body. I noticed that when you hold the bottle... Uh, the paddle, not the bottle. The paddle, it's at the 12 o'clock position. So which is better, Alois? How should you have the bat when you're blocking? Yes. So you can you can do either. I think um,
1: it, it, for just a bit more safety and control, this can be better. So holding but, the
0: bat straight uh, up, sorry, the bat pointing at, up at the, the 12, 12 o'clock.
1: At the 12 o'clock for our uh, podcasters. Um, but... Holding the bat at the three o'clock, so your bat's um, side on, um, is a little bit more um, effective, and it's also, and you're also able to adapt to to more. So by the um, bat being sideways, you can then uh, just put a little bit of topspin on the ball, or you can, if you've got a little bit more time, you know, so maybe the ball um, is comes through a little bit slower, you can swing through a little bit further as well. So it can be. Um, a much more accommodating sort of position to start your block from. The 12 o'clock position is a little bit safer, though. So, um, yeah, um, you're not using as much wrist and there's not much as much action. And you're hitting the ball from a little bit higher um, as well uh, because because your bat's up higher You're hitting the ball from um, higher and you've got a more direct line uh, to the table. So, yeah, so um, two, two different... Um, ways of doing it but i mean again that doesn't necessarily have to be you know this is this is the way you do it or this is the way you do it just think about um uh, what suits you in that particular situation if you if you are defending a lot and you know they're playing some good strong topspins at you then maybe the 12 o'clock position is good if um they're putting a bit of variation on it then the three o'clock position can be good because you can adapt to block or to to top spin.
0: Yeah, so if someone's starting out alloys and you're teaching them the block, is it something you focus on at all? Um, I, I
1: like to, to start them at the three o'clock position um, because, it, again, it's just an extension of um, all of the other backhand strokes or the other forehand strokes as well with the forehand. So, right. So, yeah, by starting yeah. in that three o'clock, you can then move on to the counter hit or the top spin
0: Perfect. Excellent. All right, great question, Mike. Um, And uh, Victory has been watching this show, Alloys. He says, I didn't know you were a wrestling fan. So there you go. Um, Neither did I. (laughs) All right. Now, Eugene says, I am having real trouble returning a serve. Not that uh, I'm not used to the spin, but he usually serves long, fast and deep into my backhand and it makes me play an awkward shot. So what can Eugene do here, Alois?
1: Yeah. Um, so Eugene, this is a really common problem, especially when players are developing because often your backhand uh, topspin isn't as strong as your forehand topspin. And so um, a long, fast serve into your backhand can be effective. So long-term, you need to really think about Developing your backhand topspin again, especially if you develop your backhand topspin against backspin, that's the stroke that you want to um, develop and learn uh, to try to combat combat that type of serve. Short term, though, um, I mean, there's a couple of options. One is, you know, you can run around and play your forehand. But Eugene, in your extended question, you you also said that you know you tried that and then the guy. Blocks it down to your forehand corner, and you're caught out of position, and that's what is going to happen a little bit. Try to, you know, it's a little bit related to what we talked about earlier—the staying alive. You know, the first thing is make sure you get that ball back on the table. If you're if you're not putting that ball back on the table, then they just gain confidence, and they just start serving long and into your backhand, and and um, you know, then they're just in that you know point after point. So firstly get the ball back on the table. I don't care how. So if you've got to go back and lob the ball onto the table, maybe that's that's great. At least they've then got to play one more ball. The worst thing you can do in a match situation in a match that 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 you're really trying to win is to just give them point after point with your mistake. So firstly get the ball on the table. Um as an intermediate step, just think about when you're when you're playing that stroke, just lifting it with lots of top spin, fairly high over the net, give it lots of clearance, and then it won't matter too much. So you said you don't have too much problem with the spin. Um, but just give it more clearance over the net so uh, it's a safer shot. So, you know, rather than just lobbing it back, just start to put a little bit of top spin on the ball um, and nice and high over the net. Um, but it, you know, and eventually you'll you'll start to get that stroke better, and uh, and it won't be a, won't be an issue.
0: Great, yeah. So long term, work on developing the backhand topspin, and I guess once you've got that better, you can even get someone to serve that serve to you over and over, and just work on practicing that particular serve.
1: Yeah, I was just um, I was just watching the the final of the world. Uh, Junior Teams Championship and you know I'd it, it, have to say it was even happening um, in that match. So Zhu Yifei uh, the Chinese uh, kid was playing um, uh, Minha Huang the, uh, from Korea and Minha in the first um, game was giving Zhu Yifei a, a few problems there so uh, Zhu Yifei is a, a pen hold player and he was using the reverse uh, backhand there and and was having a few problems with it. I mean, he's obviously a developed player and, you know, has that stroke in his arsenal, um, but um, he had some problems first and then he, he just um, started to play it a little bit safer, started to just spin that ball back on the table and then gain confidence. And by the end of the match, he was just, you know, ripping backhands as well. But, yeah, that's, that's a, a good principle to, to start to think about.
0: Yeah, excellent. Um, so, yeah, make sure you watch some of these top matches and even the World Junior Championships on ITTV, the ITTF's um, streaming channel. It's great to yeah. learn from these players. Yeah,
1: the teams have just finished. So China, no surprise, took both the boys' and the girls' um, teams' championships. They now move into the um, the singles. So they've already started some mixed doubles last night and um, yesterday. Um and uh, yeah they'll be moving into the singles fairly soon, so yeah, get on there and have a look um some some really I mean some top players obviously some top table tennis um and and I think I said a few days ago you know it's probably a little bit more um real, um, you know, like you know watching um the top Chinese players it almost becomes like wow, that's just out of this world um, these guys you know sometimes they make mistakes, sometimes you know they are getting caught on their backhand side, so yeah um. Give, give it a watch.
0: Indeed. All right. Yap is asking a question, Alois. Yap says, I'm curious about how you returned serves before 2000 when people could hide the serve. How, how did people manage?
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, now when you look back, you think, wow, you know, like really? Um, but what, I mean, players just adapt to what they are presented with. By not seeing so by not being able to see the contact um players used to watch the the swing and the motion and you know like even even that sort of action could can give you some some information as to what type of ball uh, spins on the ball but then also just really watching the ball carefully in flight as it's coming towards you uh, to to see um you know is the ball curving a little bit more is it dipping more so if, it, if there's more topspin, the ball will will dip quicker. If there's more backspin, the ball will tend to float through a little bit more. Um, so all those sorts of clues are things that you just start to pick up because you're forced to, because you can't see the contact and you're forced to do that. And I think you're right. When when, um, when the rule changed, players, I suppose, then rely on the uh, watching the contact more and you tend to, forget or you don't you don't um, particularly uh, pay attention to those other aspects that are going to give you some clues as well so that's that's what used to happen I mean um, I'd have to I, the, the service return rate you know probably hasn't changed a great deal would be interesting to see some stats on it um, it's it, it would have improved a bit but not markedly not like you think you know they used to miss um, five out of 20 returns. Now they're missing zero out of 20. So, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is interesting, Alois. And with all the controversy about the service rule, I actually think it's worth thinking about just getting rid of all the complications and saying people are allowed to hide the ball because I think people will get used to it and people will still be able to return the serve. Not sure it is the answer, but it's definitely worth some consideration.
1: Yeah, that's right. And a similar thing happened um, you know, with the two colors. So a um, long time ago, long, long time ago, you used to be able to um, use black or red on both sides. So you could have whatever colors, basically, there wasn't the stipulation of having red and black. Um, so players used to have the same color, used to have anti-spin and, and inverted, um, used to change, you know, used to twiddle during the stroke, during the points, um, do this and this. Um, and, you know, you just adapted, You 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 tended to just watch that ball, um, get your information from what was happening uh, when the ball hit the bat. So yeah, you just adapt.
0: Indeed. All right. Um, Let's move on to a question from Ed, who's wondering about our masterclass on disguising spin, Alice. And Ed asks, how do you alter the angle of your bat with your wrist or your arm? Do you want to elaborate on this?
1: Yeah. So Ed, um, Ed, sent me a a comment on the Disguising Spin um, forum. But then he also sent me a bit of a video just to explain what he was talking about. So so what Ed was saying is that should you, when you're playing your, your strokes and changing the angle, you use just your wrist to change the angle or should you use your whole arm? So here and here to change your angle. So keeping this quite still. Um, so almost a rod through there. So keeping that still here and here to change the angle or change the angle here and here um, uh, with your strokes. So Ed, firstly, Ed, I, I think this comes in, you know, in stages. So when you're starting out, definitely don't use too much wrist to, to change your angle because it's hard for your um, for the brain to understand exactly where your where your hand is and where the angle is uh, to start off with so initially I think it's really good to just keep all this quite still so when you're learning it's almost like this is one piece so it's here or here to change the angle of your racket this or this or this and do it that way so you're not using your wrist much at all but as you progress, you will start to use your wrist much, much more um, to change the angle. Um, as you start to get better perception of where your where your hand is and where your bat is, um, you will definitely use your your bat much, much more. So you'll see um, if you watch the top players now when they're returning serve. So for the for the short forehand, they will even do this. So it's hard to see that angle there, but yeah. So their bats almost at that angle there, um, and um, I find that when I'm doing that, I'll even take this thumb off to basically just use these fingers here to control the wrist and to push the ball back there. So, so using a lot of wrist, a lot of fingers, and a lot of feel from there as well um, as you as you start to uh, progress and advance your skills um, as well. So, so yes. So initially, this is good. Just keep it all nice and still there and there um, or there and there but then as you progress you can certainly start to change the direction with use of the wrist down the line or cross court here and here
0: Mm, excellent explanation and that makes a lot of sense Alois. yeah keep it simple to start with and then as you get more skill you can develop and like you said you do see the players at the top of their game top of the world using a lot of wrist. but yeah start simple and progress great question ed all right. Um, Rex says, I'm a lefty and I've learned to do a forehand slam <laughs> or some of one and I can hit it from the left side to the right corner, but I can't do the same to the left side of the table. So I think um, yeah, he's having trouble varying where he's hitting his smashes alloys. What is the yeah. answer?
1: Yeah, so this is really related to Ed's um, question. So initially what you need to be doing is just changing the position of your body. So if you're um, if you're hitting the ball across there, so what he's saying is that he can play that ball across court pretty easily, but he can't play that one down the line. So to play that ball down the line, there's two things that you can do. One is turn yourself more so that then you're hitting the ball later. So if I hit the ball early, this is the angle of my racket, the ball is going to go over there if i hit the ball a little bit later that's the angle of my racket now the ball's going there so doing the same doing the same stroke bang bang if i hit it here it's going there if i hit it here it's going down there so just w- uh, waiting a little bit longer will help you to get that ball down the line again though as you start to progress, you can start to use utilise your wrist a little bit more. So instead of doing this, you can do this to get that ball down the line. Um, that's going to be a little bit um, more deceptive for your opponent to, to try and track where that ball's going, um, And it's but it's a little bit harder for you. So it becomes more of a riskier stroke because you, you are using more wrist um, in that stroke. So, so there and there. But um, initially, Rex utilised the turn and the waiting with, um, with uh, hitting that ball later to get that ball down the line.
0: Excellent. Thanks for the question, Rex. And uh, lastly, Alloys, Brocky, our resident wrestling fan, also known as Victory, has asked, how can I attack a long, heavy side spin serve? Will a top spin help me?
1: Yeah, definitely. So if it's long, the first thing we need to think about is making the top spin. So if you if you find that the ball's coming into you with whatever spin it is, if you can brush that ball really fast and fine, um, then the ball is going to take on its own direction and its own spin. So the ball's spinning here, and then you're going to go bang and just really um, brush it fast. I'll do it this way. Brush it really fast. So now the ball is going to start to spin in the direction that you want it to. So, yeah, t- definitely top spin will help in that situation.
0: Yeah, certainly. And as Alois said, for everyone out there, any long serve, your long term goal is to be able to top spin that serve. So, work on your top spin strokes. Excellent. Well, Alois, that wraps up uh, show 198. Only two more till show 200. Getting pretty excited. Make sure you go to pingskills.com if you're listening and sign up for our free membership where you can get access to our free newsletter, all our strokes and techniques videos, um, plus ask questions. It's really good. So get to pingskills.com. And thank you all for watching. And thank you, Alloys.
1: Thanks, Jeffrey. And we will see you tomorrow, Friday morning. Oh, Friday tomorrow, Jeff.
0: Friday. What does that mean? Friday, Fuddies. Can't yeah. wait. It's going to be huge. Everyone's going to be laughing. Stay tuned. We will see you tomorrow. Okay. Bye.